welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined as always by my friend, Michael Wifford. Hey, hey. So today, we are taking our first step on this podcast into the Witcher universe. The with, Witcherverse. Yeah, Witcherverse with, what's the name of the movie we watched, Mike? Uh, Nightmare of the Wolf. The Witcher Nightmare of the Wolf. Yeah, so... For anyone that doesn't know, this is an animated movie, and we'll talk about it a little bit more as we get into this here, but it is a prequel to Witcher Season 1. So, before we get into this any farther, I'm just going to give out the typical reminders, where if you want to get in contact with the show, you could get at us on Instagram, which is at Fantasy Rewind Pod. We're also on Twitter, which is at Fantasy Rewind. Or if you want to send us an email, that is fantasyrewindpod at gmail.com. All right, without any farther delay, let's dive into the rewind. Okay, so let's talk just a little bit about the movie itself outside of the actual content. So this was released in 2021, August 23rd to be exact. It had a pretty good reception with Rotten Tomatoes, 100% of 27 critics' reviews are positive. So it was all positive reviews. Average rating of 7.1 out of 10. And the Metacritic was a 67 out of 100. Um, and this is, again, its initial reception. We have quite the voice cast, actually, in this film. Uh, so we have our main character, Vesemir, who is voiced by Theo James. Mary McDonnell is Lady Ileana Zerbst. Zerbst. Uh, Laura Pulver is Tetra Graham McTavish is Deglin and we have a host of other people throughout but something that can't be um, missed is our main boy from the Witcher series did voice his younger character self I believe wait so Henry Cavill voiced young Geralt in this I believe yeah well it said if you like do the Google, he's like on there, but I'm not sure actually. Oh, sorry, it was actually Harry Hisrich as young Geralt. Okay, I was gonna but, say that didn't sound like Henry yeah. Cavill to me. <laughs> didn't either. That's why I was like questioning. I was like, I Googled it, and Henry Cavill was the first one, but it didn't have a character underneath the name, and I was like, that's kind of weird. Maybe he was but like anyway, an executive producer or something. He, maybe something in here, but. Uh, <laughs> It was uh, it was produced by Lauren Schmidt Hisrich, who is I had actually already mentioned before, and this was based on the Witcher book, uh, which you've actually read that series, haven't you, Dylan? Yeah, so I have actually read the entire Witcher series. Um, so that was actually something I wanted to get into here. So, what is your exposure to the Witcher in general, Mike? So I tried to play the video games a long, long time ago. Uh, starting with Witcher 1 and the controls I just couldn't handle on the computer. Uh, so I just never played it. And so I really had no exposure. I know The Witcher 3 is supposed to be like an amazing game, um, but I just, uh, I've never really gotten into it. So I've only ever watched the first season of The Witcher and really enjoyed it and been meaning to watch the second season, but <laughs> lots of other things got in the way, uh, including The Wheel of Time and uh, other power things, so everything else yeah, yeah. All, all of that kind of got in the way so i do need to watch that and then get into the third season so that's my that's my complete exposure now you have a bit more of a history obviously. i do yeah so i've never played the video games um mm-hmm. i did play video games growing up it just never was uh was in the witcher verse there and mm-hmm. so 
my first exposure to The Witcher was season one of the television show here on Netflix. So good. And it was so good that I was like, I got to learn more about this. So I jumped in and I read the entire Witcher Odyssey um, going with... Do you remember how many books that was? Oh my gosh. I want to say it's around eight or nine. I'm not 100% positive for the main series. And then there is a book of shorter stories, which is basically what season one of The Witcher was based off of, was this like kind of blending of the first book, The Blood of Elves, and the um, more The Last Wish, like collection of shorter stories, which is actually my favorite book from The Witcher series here is that okay. Last Wish collection of shorter stories. So there's actually eight Eight in the main series or eight, eight total? In the, eight in the main series, and I do believe that includes The Last Wish. Okay, so if that includes The Last Wish, then there is still another shorter story um, that's like a standalone novella type of mm. story that goes in The Witcher series here. But yeah, I, so I read all of The Witcher content that I could get my hands on. I enjoyed it for the most part. What I really enjoyed more about The Last Wish, though, is that it was like broken up into like that short story content. Whereas the main series is a bit weird, to be honest. It's not as, like, cut and dry as uh, as you would necessarily like for for a fantasy series. There's lots of time travel. There's, like, convoluted uh, storylines of, like, what's actually going on here? And is the story actually progressing? Or is it a bunch of side quests leading off to a point? And so the main story itself is a bit weird. Um, it was okay, but I liked... The Witcher world. It was a cool world to be in, and there were definitely elements of it I really enjoyed. Um, not my favorite series I've ever read, obviously, but still something I definitely would recommend if you're a fan of the Netflix series. I'd start off with The Last Wish and then see if you like that and progress from there. But yeah, that's my entire history with there. No video games, just Netflix and the books. So jumping in here, Mike, with The Witcher... Nightmare of the Wolf. What are your just general impressions of it? Ooh. Well, I, I'm going to tell you what. The beginning of this, I was like, I know something spooky is about to happen, but like, just the <laughs> straight up murder of that family was yeah. wild to me. So wild. Um, de- so this was definitely very action heavy. I like that it really talked about something that you know had crossed my mind when I was watching. The Witcher for the first season of The Witcher, uh, but didn't really ever come to light. You know how how were these monsters created? Mm-hmm. Where did they come from? And when you have a system like The Witcher put in place to combat those monsters, what happens when there are no monsters? And so this really sort of does a nice job of kind of explaining a lot of that and talking about like you know the what people would do to remain to survive in a uh, capitalist society because basically that's what's happening here you know Mm -hmm. they have supply and demand and so they need to create supply to continue to have demand for them so they have jobs so it's kind of dark and really messed up but it was a fun exploration into that yeah what i really loved about the nightmare of the wolf is that it did give you that backstory that I was wanting after watching season one of The Witcher, where you did get a little peek into, like, a brief history of The Witcher, like they were created by the mages to combat, to combat 
the monsters that were also created by the mages. And then you also had, like, what's going on here? These witchers are all liars and thieves, and they're dirty witchers. We don't want anything to do with them. Let's rise mm-hmm. up and take them on. And it was action-packed. It was gory as all get out. It was mm-hmm. definitely, like... Everything I was wanting, I think, for, like, a Witcher prequel where you got to see, like, a brief glimpse into, like, the heyday or, I guess, like, the waning of the Witcher and what led to there only being a handful left when we see the Witchers um, in Season 1 with Geralt and Vesemir still kicking around, uh, but in a much older capacity, obviously. But, yeah, all in all, I absolutely enjoyed this uh, this adaptation of the witcher for for netflix here um so mike let's talk for a second here about just like the style of the movie because it is animated as i mentioned several times yeah i mean the animation style to me it was it was good there was moments where i wasn't i was like eh, okay i could kind of take it or leave it um but i i thought it was really well done and the like the magic effects and all that really came through nicely. And that's something too that I really appreciate about this movie is that we did get to see a lot of magic where yeah. as in the first season of The Witcher, we really didn't get too much of that. No, I thought that being animated really lent itself really well to this world where you got to mm-hmm. see um Vesemir and the other witchers using their little magical signals, magical signs and stuff to do magic. And then you also got to see uh, Tetra going in on the other uh, on the witchers but also on the other monsters and stuff with her magic and exactly what a mage can do and how much mm-hmm. of a power they actually are in the world here and I think having it being animated was something that allowed you to do this on a more grandiose scale than what we saw like shooting a fireball or something in like a live action film yeah and I, I do think, too, exploring the mages a bit more in this was nice. Definitely. Uh, and I know they get into that in the Witcher actual main series, too. But it was really neat because you're like, well, why does she have such a big issue with the Witchers? And you learn why. And it's it's pretty fascinating, all of that. So so what, are, what were some of uh, the things that you enjoyed about the film? What were some of the things that you didn't quite enjoy like what were your like overall kind of thoughts on this more looking at it more like kind of critically and and everything like that well i mean i i want a little bit more explanation with like the other races in the witcher and the witchers and and humans it seems like humans pretty much have killed most of the other races including elves and dwarves like that was sort Mm -hmm. of what I got from what was given, but I, I would like almost more of that. Why? What was their motivation? You know, um, elves almost seem like they're picked on in this. Like they're weak and not very strong, but they there should be some reason that humans were scared of them outside of them just being different, right? So I would have liked a little bit more of that. The whole interplay with the, um, what was it, the kitsu? Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the amalgamation basically of elf and some other creature that elf the monster witchers, yeah yeah that the witchers created i wanted a bit more with them too it seems like you know they just sort of disappeared at the end or died we don't really know what happened to them but i wanted to know you know what was their goal just to create more like them 
when they were kidnapping all those elven girls. It just, I don't know, it seemed kind of wild to me that such a big plot point was sort of left just at the end. Yeah, so, like, just talking a little bit about, like, what you were mentioning there, um, the big thing that is never, like, fully addressed in all of the Witcher books as well as the series on Netflix here is the merger of the spheres. At least, not that I've seen so far. I have not watched Blood of the... I have not watched the uh, Witcher Origins show Mm. on Netflix, which I'm wondering if that might get into this a little more. It's on my to-watch list, but... I'll dive into it, but, like, the merger of the spheres, basically, like, there's all these realities that kind of got merged together. Um, One of them was humans getting merged, like, with this magical elf world, and then there was a big war between humans and elves, and the humans ended up coming out on top, and um, that's part of what led to, like, this hatred of elves because of resentment from all of, all these wars that were fought with them and everything, and so when you do like step into the Witcher world in through the books here, you, the elves and the dwarves and like all like these fantastical creatures, these fantastical races and everything that you typically see in fantasy, they're kind of looked at with scorn and looked at with like, oh, you're not human, you know, like get out of here, you like you less than human creature. Like they're kind of looked at as like a beast as opposed to looked at as a fellow living race here. So they're not living in harmony, and there's this huge tension throughout the entire series of where do elves fit in, what side are they on in the big battles, should we purge them out and just try and purify the land and get rid of all magical creatures like them, or what. So there's this whole big underlying tension of the battle between the different races throughout the series. Um, Talking about things that I really enjoyed, I think that what I really enjoyed the most was just seeing like that journey of what was going on with the witchers in this time period where they were kind of looked at a little bit with scorn because they were thought of as being swindlers and everything. And then it turns out those prejudices were well-founded because the witchers would brag about swindling people out of their money. They kind of bragged about how they only go after like the high value targets. So like, Vesemir was like, I'm not going to sully my reputation by helping an elf when I can't get a job taking out the big bads if I do that. So I'm only going to go after the hard monsters. And then you also see like the complicated lifestyle of the witchers creating the beast that they later go out and kill. And just like the nature of all of that, the very cyclical cycle was very interesting to see. I thought that following Vesemir from a kind of um, greedy slash like doe-eyed kid who has all these Mm. dreams up until the the badass witcher that we see in front of us was pretty cool. Um, I really liked how it came back with Ilyana being an old, that older woman that was advocating for the witchers. That That was such a good plot point, such a good story point in the movie here. Um, Some of the things I didn't like so much, again, was, like, I wish that it was almost flushed out even more. Because I feel like there's a lot of meat on the bone here. It was left you with a lot of questions. It probably left a lot of people with a lot of questions. So I feel like if they went even deeper into, like, the lore side of things, it would have been even better. But as it stands, like, I I found it quite enjoyable. Now, I do want to bring up one thing, and I don't know if they explained this, but how did... 
at the end, Tetra, when they're attacking the Witchers, how do they bring all those monsters? So what what it looked like to me, to fight for them. what it looked like to me is that Tetra opened up these portals and mm-hmm. basically um, the elf monster hybrid was like, to me, my pretties attack. <laughs> and so she kind of gathered up all the forces of monsterdom and sent them forward. I don't think they were fighting necessarily on the side of Tetra. I think they were kind of pointed in a direction and just attacked in that direction there. Because I think that um, Ketsu or whatever her name was um, could communicate with the monsters, could in a way bewitch them and control them like she did with the creature earlier on in the movie there. Enough to say, go this way and go through this portal and then just wreak havoc because they let them out and they just kept going straight at the witchers. And I feel like if the people were in front of the monsters, the monsters would have killed them too. Yeah. It just seemed kind of funny that none of them really turned on those people. You know, that was just sort of my, yeah. Uh, something I noticed there and I was like, huh, interesting. So, and I mean, also too, she could have used illusions as well to just, mm sort of make him disappear or whatever, but it just would have been nice to maybe just have that little bit of an explanation because I was like, pretty sure monsters don't discriminate. They just... Yeah, they just attack. But the action, I think that was so well done. All the fight scenes in this were really, really great. Like you said, very gory, but really great. And yeah, it... I still don't quite understand why the king just murdered the one witcher for no reason instead of just sending him back if he knew Tetra was going to go and wipe him out. It just, I don't know. It just was very odd, that whole cut to after, you know, they they went and they followed the uh, Kitsu and confronted and Tetra buried the entire thing after the witcher told her to and and then she was like talking to Kitsu after like, oh, yeah, he made he buried he buried this and all this like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think I that like was, was probably my least favorite part of the film because I felt like watching it for the first time because I've watched this twice now yeah. that when Tetra and Vesemir started off on their journey together, that there was like that tension between them where she mm-hmm. didn't like him. He didn't really like her. But I felt like throughout the first time watching it that oh, okay, they're kind of, like, building a bridge there. They're kind of mending that fence, you know. She's not going to necessarily hate witchers as much after this. Turns out she's just a massive witch and decided to go after them even more after she got help from one as almost, like, revenge for having to go after the go with him at all and create or tell all these lies, do all this stuff. And I feel like, basically, it them beheading the one witcher was them doing a political stunt kind of like a symbol symbolic yeah symbolical execution of like we're holding you responsible for all the witcher crimes that are going on here not necessarily hearing anything else in the defense of the witcher just the word of this witcher hating mage who wanted them all dead so yeah that was my take on it. I was surprised when that first happened because I didn't, like you said, I didn't feel like that particular part was as flushed out as it could have been to like make that transition seem more natural. It just seemed kind of like, wait, what? What's going on here? 
oh crap like this is going to get down right now like that was yeah. my first reaction watching it but overall though like i said i liked the connections the dive back into the history of um Vesemir's, like going through the witcher process thought that was all pretty neat definitely and like the little easter egg of young Geralt there at the end was was cool you kind of we were expecting him to maybe show up at some point and like just seeing it kind of in a very natural way inserted there at the end was was nice would recommend this movie uh it wasn't even didn't even have that long of a runtime. no it's it like, like an, an hour, hour and 15 minutes. minutes or so yeah yeah really really enjoyable really short enough where you can get in get out and feel satisfied mm-hmm. and honestly this just makes me excited for war of the rohirrim that's coming out next year i know i can't wait I really hope that's really good because I would love to see some more animated movies in all of these universes. I mean, how cool would it be for them to, for whoever, to make a like Wheel of Time war of, <laughs> you know? But it, it's like during the oh my god, it's like a yeah. prequel of sorts with like Luce Theron and yeah. going after like the War of the Shadow companions. Oh my god, it, that is exactly what I was going to ask you next. Is so watching this like applying it to like wheel of time it just makes me want that so much more because (laughs) all the cool things they could show with the power yes because i mean you know they'd never be able to give like the budget to like do all that like live action so i feel like animated really just lend animation just really lends itself to all these fantasy worlds in that sense is that you can have your characters do all that i mean look at like dragon ball z heck yeah all these other animes like they have these crazy fight scenes and everyone's just like oh my gosh and then when they announce how they're going to make a live action adaptation of them people get excited but it's never what you want yeah, because it can never good it can't live up to that it's it that's you it's a, it's imp, it's an impossible task right because you're able to do things that humans just can't do through animation at least and like that's why like i'm really excited to see what happens with war of the rohirrim how that mm. is portrayed, how that like what actually the story is going to look like, because I have an idea roughly about what's going to go down, but mm. at the same time, like I want to see like how they use animation to to their own benefit, like what grandiose things can they show through animation that they could not do during live action when they were doing the main trilogy with Peter Jackson here. Um, but yeah, like I would love to see Wheel of Time go animated. I, that's probably the one I have highest on my wish list. I would love to see First Law get an animated movie. That would be amazing as well. Just like thinking of some of the awesome scenes involving the Bloody Nine going in and uh, going up against the Flatheads. Like, it'd be nuts. Um, those are all like weird words that you have no idea what they mean. So that's what makes yeah. me enjoy it even more. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I'd even love it if they did something like the harry potter universe and they yeah. decide to do it animated or they could even do obviously more stuff in the lord of the rings universe and pretty much any fantasy series i remember watching uh the last unicorn which is a animated movie from the 80s or 90s i don't remember when but that was even pretty neat at the time because again you you wouldn't have gotten that as a live action movie at the time you know what also has unicorns in it the witcher <laughs> time traveling unicorns baby oh my gosh 
All right, we're going to end it there for this episode here, though. But if you have any requests about, like, a book you'd like us to read and then kind of talk about on the podcast, a show, a movie you'd like us to watch and talk about here, just get at us on our socials, get at us on the email, and let us know what that would be. All right, but for two nerds, we're going to be signing off. See ya. See ya.